This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to. Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy. So we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike. Series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. You got me there, right? <laughs> right. Oh, what's that? It's... Coming on. No, it's coming, coming on. It's coming on. It's what you call it, look. Oh, it's the marching band. Just remain still blazing. It's only a 30 second click, Omar. I might send it to you and you could use it as a gap in between part one and part two. Tell you what, that's our intro right there. I'll sing along to it as well and you playing it. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Close Season Special with That Mill Podcast. Hope you're doing well. It's myself, Omar, leading today, joined by my regular co-host, Mickey Simpson, the Mr. X found the board. How you doing, pal? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Fucking hell. When will I get rid of that? I haven't been found on the board for about fucking two years, I think. Mate, you'll always be the X found on the board in my Since eyes. Since Portugal. Anyway, so. when, we, when, when all the Portugal stuff kicked off, that's when I left. Um, so, oh, the pre-season yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. What's that? That's got to be two years ago now, mate. Fuck, yeah. You know? But Even again, more. I suppose... 
Yeah, yeah, maybe three, but yeah, it's one of those though, isn't it? I don't think it'll ever go, but yeah. it's a nice tag to have, mate. There's only two people that's ever been a fan of the ball before, so it's definitely a nice tag to have there. Um yeah. joining us is our resident co-host or resident guest in Mr. Kai Bennett of Mill Fan TV fame. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Hope everyone's doing well. Thank you very much for having me. No worries, mate. Football's coming home as we had a little intro there. So, um, you know, everything's all fine and dandy. We'll obviously talk about England later on in the show. Um, and obviously, if you're new to the show, be sure to check us out um, and give us a rating. Anything appreciated on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And obviously, check us out on social medias at that Mill Pod. We're going to go straight into part one, and that'll be an update on all things Millwall. one that I've never actually been this excited for in the six special editions we've had so far of the close season. Millwall signed three players in the last week. Three players, Mickey. Mate, come on. You're on mute as well, which is like just classic Mickey Simpson. But There is there is some intent there, mate, in there. There is, I think there is some huge amount of intent um, from the club, um, from the board that, you know what, fuck it. You know, if we're going to go for it, let's go for it now. And to be fair, this is probably the best season to have a go at it because of um, the rest of the clubs out there are fucked on money. So there's not going to be loads and loads of big money spendings. And if we can get these three um, ex-Wolves, you know, they played together at Wolves. If we can get these three running with the ball and scoring goals, then um, I think we stand a, a very exciting season this season. So three signings for Mill. Daniel Ballard was the first to join on the dotted line, sign on loan from Arsenal. And I think the trio that Mick is referring to there is Benneke Phobie signing and George Savile. And I'm sure the link up with Jed Wallace, all three having played for Wolves before. Um, Benneke Phobie joining on loan from Stoke City and return of the Sav. I mean, out of nowhere, a permanent deal signing from Middlesbrough, returning back to SE16, Kai. Obviously, give me your thoughts on all three of them, but obviously, especially George Savile returning back to the Den. Buzzing. When I woke up on Friday morning and I saw that news, oh God, I've never felt so good. Like I've just got out of bed, seen that news, just mm-hmm. made the day even better than it already was, apart from already being Friday, of course. It's just made it even better. So yeah, I was really pleased to see Savile. It's just it's one of them ones where, you know, he, he can score goals from the midfield and we really, really needed that. And, you know, every single window we keep saying we need it, we need it, and we never seem to to get one. Mm-hmm. And and finally it's like, it's great to see uh, Savile return. I saw something on Twitter the other day that we've replaced George Savile by signing George Savile. Yeah, we never we never did sign him. Did we never really replace him? Did we? Very true. And I think a lot of people coined that. I mean, Rowett's has been quite big and vocal on Savile in particular, being that goal scoring midfielder, Mickey. That obviously goals have not really been, uh, uh, you know, been at a bit of a rarity for us, especially last season. So um, Savile, hopefully, you can repeat the ten goals from from the season before you left us, mate. Absolutely, it's quite mad as well if you think about it. Savile left MFC to join. MFC, then left <laughs> MFC to come back to MFC. I don't think any player's ever done that before, mate. But yeah, well, that's that's quite mad, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He could have had an MFC tattoo and he wouldn't have worried where he'd gone then, like us or Borough. <laughs> but no, I, I think I think it's a great signing. Um, I think he's a good lad. He needs to get his football back on track and I think he can do that working with Jed. We just mm-hmm. need Jed to sign now and that will just complete the fairy tale for us. I don't think in a long, long time um, that it's been this exciting waiting for season to kick off. Um, hopefully the pre-seasons will get people, you know, that he'll play some of, some of the, the full team in pre-season so we can actually, you know, start to see what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think I've ever been excited um, for a pre-season and a, and a season to start as we are. And to be fair, mate, I think they've done us a favour because it, it helps us right out as a podcast going into the season when, uh, when we got these people... Uh, joining the club and, and we know they can uh, they can play football. It's exciting, isn't it? I mean, so Savile obviously was gone for three years at Middlesbrough, obviously during COVID spell as well there, but 113 league appearances, 11 goals up at the Teesside club and six goals in particular last season. So showing signs of a bit of form there. He played in a similar sort of setup, you know, similar sort of manager, I'm going to say, and Neil Warnock to Gary Rowett, you know, quite set up defensively, you could argue, five at the back as well. And he's just going to hopefully come seamlessly into the side, isn't he, Kai? And just hopefully just carry straight on from where he left before. Yeah, definitely. And I think now he comes back, and even though, you know, we finished that season where just before he left, it was really exciting, wasn't it? We finished eighth and we, we thought, oh, really good, and we're going to push on. I do think that this time he comes into a probably a better side in terms of quality mm-hmm. than before. That the before was sort of a much more, um, how do I put it? It was, it was a, you know, Gregory and Morrison up top. It was a classic Millwall 
team, wasn't it, with Correct. the way we played and everything. But now I think Gary Routes tried to bring us forward with the passing along the ground and and you can see the way he wants to go by signing a phobia up top who's going to be, you know, quick and powerful, hopefully. And you know, it's not going to work lobbing balls up to him. So you're going to need that person in behind. I think we can see the way he wants to play. And with them three linking up with Bennett hopefully on the other side, it could be really exciting this season. It's super, I mean, it's exactly what I was asking for. I think Mickey said earlier there, obviously, about, you know, something to talk about, something to shout about. Obviously mentioned Jed Wallace there as well. I mean, last week, if you listen to our show, you know, I think I was quite vocal and quite, you know, agitated, really. The news broke that Wallace had not signed a new deal yet. The club had been speaking for a little while with Wallace since rumours be April towards the end of last season. No new deal signed. And I was thinking, you know what, I don't think it's so much on Wallace. And this is still my thought of process on that. I think he just needs to see a bit of ambition. And I think, you know what, I think this is ambition. You mentioned a phobia there. Obviously, phobia had a loan spell of us, I think, seven years ago now in 2013. Well, it's 2013 season, I believe, anyway. Um, and obviously, last season spent uh, the season on loan in Turkey. Got five goals in 10 starts, 28 appearances overall. Obviously, a player that scored a lot of goals in the championship before. I think he scored 22 goals in 46 appearances for Wolves. Then he moves and went off a £10 million deal to the Premier League at Bournemouth at the time. And then the year after, a couple of years later, actually, I think it was, a certain Gary Rowett spent £12 million on him at Stoke City. I mean, Mickey, I think a phobie, Kai said it there about being that man that could be, you know, in behind. But I think he's a bit of everything, isn't he? And hopefully could be the goals that, you know, kind of shows my ambition and gets Wallace to sign that contract as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, I think Rouse has done well because what he's done is he's, he's he's got players. He knows where they can play, what they can do. He knows their mentality. He knows their attitude, and he's just getting those players around him. And I think it's not going to do us any harm going into this season with players that he knows can do the business wherever he needs to do them. Oh, you know, certain positions. I think we might be really heavy on now. We've got, you know, loads of players what can do it. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'd rather have too many than not enough. Um, especially as last season hurt us with injuries and, and everything else like that. If we've got enough players to cope, then um, I think we've got an exciting season coming very, very soon, starting on the 8th of August, gents. I agree. I think, you know, there's probably going to be a couple of departures before we see any more arrivals, if there is any more to come in. I think Rowett mentioned about potentially one more player, but I think, if anything, that'll be before we see the likes of Bodfartson and hopefully Thompson maybe go out on loan or maybe move on to past as new. But yeah, I mean, a phobie hopefully fills that void, hopefully comes a bit more promise. And he's got a full pre-season, hasn't he, Kai, to kind of knuckle down, get involved and kind of blend into what Rowett wants. Yeah, I think that's so important having a full pre-season, isn't it? Just just being able to bond and gel with the players. And and I think, you know, they're going to Scotland next week, I think it is, um, where they did like, the same place they went last year. And, and that will really help. Uh, obviously, they, they always say that they used to go to Portugal, didn't they, before when they when they could. And, and that, that really helps, just getting away and spending a week, proper a proper period of time together. That really helps. And I, I think a phobia will gel pretty easily, knowing having known all the, already known these these boys, some of the, some of the players. And I think just going away for, for the... For a week, we'll just bring you know bring that that back and and get to know new uh, get to know the uh, the other players. Mickey, we're quite critical normally of Rowett going back in for players that he's worked with before, but I think this time I can't argue with the Afobi signing. I think, albeit like we said in the COVID dynamic, where you know we can't necessarily spend big bucks on strikers like Afobi. That you know, okay, he's had a couple of injuries before, but on paper for Championship level, twenty eight years of age. He's a player that can really, you know, if he gets the opportunity to play and he gets the full season, he could be a real kind of talent on our hands here. I, I think you're right. Absolutely. Um, I think what what I see with um, with Phoebe is a player what needs to get back to his best. And Rout's giving him a sign of trust, knowing that he's going to repay him. Same as Savile, you know, same as his Arsenal lad, um, and I think all three of those players have been shown huge commitment by Millwall um, and by Rowett to say, look, you know what? You want to get back to your, your best? Come play for me. I'll help you get there. I'll give you the time. I'll give you the effort. You know, all I want you to do is do X, Y, Z. Um, and as I said, you know, I, I, I think there's a, a great sign, a huge, huge sign of intent from the club. I don't think I've ever seen so many people um happy with the signings. I, I don't think I've seen any real negativity um for these signings at all. Even with Savile coming back, a couple of people going, oh, you know, it was a stepping stone. But you know what? He's back, all good. 100%. I think with Savile in particular, it seems like it's a mutual beneficial thing here where Mill need a midfielder that scores goals. 
But also, I think reading between the lines and reading what the local press up in Middlesbrough said, an article that we saw when Neil Warnock was talking and cited about a few off-field issues with Savile, Kai, you know, it's not just obviously coming back to Mill and obviously Mill kind of coming forward that like we said and players being of a higher quality. It seems for Savile in particular as well, this is like a move for him that, you know, he couldn't refuse and was more than happy to come back to. Yeah, definitely. And I think the fact that he only had one year left on his deal, they didn't want to see him go on a freak. On a freak. You know, after leaving you know, for them for, was it seven, eight million, something like that? You mm-hmm. know, you can't let us play like that goal free, can you? So it made sense, I think, for all for all parties. And I also saw about the, you know, he wanted to come back to London and, and stuff like that. So that was, and it was nice to see that he's, you know, he could have picked anywhere in London. He could have picked uh, QPR, you know, he could have booked Fulham if he wanted to go to Fulham. I mean, I don't know whether Fulham wanted him or not, but, mm-hmm. but it was nice to see that he wanted to come back to Millwall. And that's the good thing. I think there's players that are actually wanting to play for this club now, which is, which is really good. Whereas, you know, I think in the past, players have sort of just been, know come to Millwall and then they haven't really been their heart hasn't been in it but it's good to see now that players want to come to Millwall and, that, and that, that's that's a really good thing in my, in my opinion. I have to agree mate and I think also I'll get on to the first signing and lastly for us the first signing of last week which was Daniel Ballard guys I mean so Ballard is a 21 year old central defender six foot two Northern Ireland international um, played 25 times last season for Blackpool and actually was involved in their playoffs and obviously helping them to get promoted to the championship. I think there's a lot of interest, especially for Blackpool, to get him back on loan this season. But we've pipped a few clubs there and we've signed an Arsenal young defender, Kai. I mean, have you seen much of Ballard? Do, do, you, do you have any accounts of him that you've seen online or anything that you can kind of give us a bit of detail about him? Um, I watched an interesting highlight reel, reel of him. Uh, he posted it uh, on his on his account and it, it looked really, really good, actually. It looks like someone's made it for him, but... It looked really good. Um, it looks like he brings the ball out from the back. And what Raul said about him is that he likes to bring the ball out from the back. He loves a tackle. And I saw an article that said he loves smashing people. Well, that's that's music to my ears, you know, just nice. being able to take people out and stuff. And and and, he, and it, it shows that he, he he's a tough tackler and he and he, he he wants to win. And that's exactly what we ask for. All we ask for is a hundred percent. And if mm-hmm. he gives that, then no no one will complain. And I think. Yeah, it looks like a really good signing for me. I had a, an account from an Arsenal fan. I mean, admittedly, obviously, Arsenal fans haven't seen a lot of Ballard because he's not played for them. But from the accounts of, like, you know, seeing from the youth ranks, he's a player that likes, he's, you know, he's a bit of a Rolls Royce on the ball for a defender, so to speak, which for me, all fans, is always a bit of an issue. However, at the same time, he said to me, he loves a tackle and he's a bit of a brute. Literally, what you said there, like, six foot two, Mickey, bit of a force, scored two goals last season as well for Blackpool. You know, we're talking about chipping in with goals from a while over the pitch, but. You know, six foot two, six foot three, centre half, massive. Got to be a threat. Also, in the other end of the box, mate. When this, when this, um, when this comes out on Wednesday, we'll post. There's a YouTube video of him saving balls off the line, and um, fuck me, the boy can go back. I mean, you know, he looks like him on his own could strengthen our defence on its own, mate. He, he just seems a, uh, he's a boy who likes to be the last last player on the ball if it's near his own goal, and. Uh, and yeah, the the video is superb. I mean, some of the some of the blocks he does, the keepers miss it, and he's on the line, literally last man of defence, and he clears them off the line. And there's there's a whole video of him from, you know, Arsenal and and other clubs where he's come through. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him as long as he's not a parrot, um, which I don't think he will. Um, I think he will do good for us. Not a lot of experience at this level. I mean, obviously, he played at League One, Kai, but, you know, 25 games. I think he's at Swindon before that. He's had a couple of injuries. Last season, he signed on a season long deal for Blackpool. was injured at the first part of the season. He spelt at Swindon before that. was cut short by injury. Hopefully, he's over that. But I think with, you know, Mickey saying about Parrot there, but, you know, he's had the experience of a couple of loan spells away from the club, especially going to Blackpool, which is obviously up in the country. So, hopefully, this just comes, you know, hand in hand and he just kicks it off straight away a bit more. Yeah, exactly. And I think he reminds me a little bit of a young Jake Cooper because... I think when Jake Cooper was was younger, I think he suffered with a few injuries, didn't he? And mm-hmm. and look at him since then, he's been fantastic. So I'm hoping that he can re- rediscover that that form that that he was like a Blackpool because you know he looked really really good. And and also he's a Northern Ireland international, isn't he? So um, I, I saw that he's he's been up against the best. He's marked Mbappe and he's marked all these players. And you know it, that 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 experience really helps uh, levels like this. Just you know even if it's only a one off game, it just gives you that little bit of confidence, especially that if he dealt with him well, it, it gives him confidence and. And it, you know, I think it's a really positive signing for us. Savile's Northern Ireland as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. played with him. Yeah, so I think uh, Ballard's got five cats for Northern Ireland. So obviously he's been involved in the setup there. Um, and, you know, it's good. To, obviously, players know each other. It's always going to help from day one. And hopefully they can just kick on. I mean, let's let's talk about it then. If you're Dred Wallace, we're talking about how exciting these three signings are. Mickey, if you're Dred Wallace and you're seeing that, is that convincing you to think I'm going to sign the contract? Or... As he yeah. opens a can of beer there. <laughs> I, I, 
I, I, we obviously record this now. So earlier on, I thought, right, I'll put a couple of beers in the freezer rather nice. than in the fridge and they might not be cold. Put them in the freezer. And the downside is I took the dog for a walk and then realised that, shit, I've left the beer in the freezer just a nice. minute ago. And um, it, I've got Carlsberg um, slush puppy. <laughs> so I've got to sort of hope that they warm up and, and defrost and give me a lager because at the moment I've had about a quarter of a pint of one can and the rest of it's still slush and uh, nice. and this one's there. But no, I think I think if Jed wanted any intent on the club, um, I think this is it. Uh, if he doesn't sign, then obviously, you know, it speaks Other volumes. Mm. Uh, yeah, it speaks volumes of, you know, maybe just, you know, I mean, you can't begrudge the geezer. The, the geezer is good. If, if he feels that he wants to run at the premiership, and let's not be funny, you know, He's 27 now. He ain't got long left, really, professionally. His, his career could be ended at any day through one dodgy tackle. Uh, if he wants to get the big money, I don't think I'd hold it against him, to be fair. Benefit his family, sort his future out. If he can get a big payday, 20, 30, 40 grand a week or something from a premiership club, then um, I think, you know, he's got to go for it, isn't he? And if you're Jed Wallace, Kai, and obviously, you know, or if you're Millwall, actually, I want to say, if you've got a player in your last year of contract, I know we said last week about, you know, I've had a rethink about this myself, but if you've got a player in last year of contract and especially a player like Wallace and, you know, we've signed these three players now, we want to try and kick on the squad's competitive, it's higher quality, ambitions there. This is part of the three-year plan, you know, the third year of Rowett now and obviously want to kick on. Do you sell him or do you just roll the dice and hope that, you know, come January, February time, we're in the top six. Wallace thinks, okay, I might wait till then to sign the contract, but if we're up there, it might be worth it. Or would you want to sell him? How would you play if he was more? Um, I think it's really difficult. I think that I, I honestly believe, and I've said this to a few people, that I think that once the fans come back and once he sees the fans at the den again, I think he'll remember why he loves this club so much. And I'm hoping that the fans will will get, will basically the fans come back to the stadium, will will get him to sign that contract just because of the, the love and the, the support he gets uh, through social media and for it on the pitch and I think I think he'll he'll because without without fans I think it's quite easy to forget what what the fans were like and stuff and that will just remind him again what how, you know what great fans we have and 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 why he loves his club and I, th- I do think he'll stay so I think I'd I'd keep him and hopefully by January he signs a new contract I hope you're right mate I really do and I do agree with you I think also the value of what we might get for Wallace especially in a Covid world as much as I think that we might try and get five million for him I'm, I'm starting to think maybe it wouldn't be that and it'd probably be less especially in his last year of contract the value that he'd offer us potentially to get into the top six and who knows promotion it's worthwhile I think just rolling the dice and keeping hold of him personally so I do agree with you there mate and hopefully that's time go on Mickey uh, no I agree with you I think it's I think it's worth a gamble you know keep you know just keep him playing and hope that, you know, all of a sudden he looks at it and thinks, actually, I could get to the Prem with with Millwall. Let's just go for it and, and you know, runs his contract and then we get in the Prem and he just signs a, a new three-year deal and, and stays with us and job done. We're, we're in the Prem, running with the best of them. Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of, like, reading into what Rowett said and he's spelt Mill and stuff like that and, like, the three-year plan, he says. And I'm not going to lie, before these three signings, I know he said a lot about, you know, players coming. We thought, where are the players? But, you know, fair play, Mill. They've come back to pre-season, three signings in the space of a couple of days. And it's funny how three signings can just change your whole perspective on things, isn't it, Kai? Yeah, definitely. I think this time last week, we we, we were a little bit... um, We were a bit upset by the news about Jed Welby. We were a bit, you know irritated and a little bit ups just a bit disappointed to be honest. Mm-hmm. I thought we I think we weren't sort of blaming Jeb where we were blame, more blaming the club at, at that time of, of why, you know, they're not sort of just giving him in the deal or why they're suddenly not in his deal or whatever. But this just in the space of a week it can really change your mindset. And I at the moment, like this like, like this time last week I was thinking, you know, if we let Jed go, we're gonna struggle, we're gonna struggle. This you know, now I'm thinking playoffs is a real possibility for me. And I, I don't think I at this rate I don't think I'm swimming in Bournemouth on the last day of the season if it all goes. It all goes well. The highs and lows of following a Mill football club, eh? Yeah, you, absolutely. If, question for both of you, I suppose, is if Jed did go, do you think we'd miss him now? I still think we would. Yeah, I, I still think we would. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the players that we're bringing in, I think Savile's obviously of higher quality, but I think as an outlet and what he offers to the sides, I think you, you can't replace Wallace. I think at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Three for four. I mean, some other news that's come out this week from Millwall, just to round up this part. I mean, we've appointed a new coach called Paul Robinson. No, not the Paul Robinson, another Paul Robinson, named Paul Robinson. 
<laughs> Paul Robinson from uh, Birmingham City, a previous um, footballer played at Premier League, quite high standard, left back, I believe he was, slash centre half. Um, Paul Robinson's joined Gary Wright's backroom team, worked with him at Birmingham City. I mean, I guess it's a no-brainer car, you know, that extra body in, obviously replacing the job that Sean Williams done, I suppose, last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like uh, it's good to get things done quickly. The only thing that I would say is that, you know, we sort of sometimes we complained last year about the maybe the defensive mindset of, of the team. We would like to see them go forward a little bit more. And I think Paul Robinson was a left back, wasn't he? So adding a defender to the team, to the backroom staff, maybe just makes us a little bit, keeps us being a bit more defensive. But, you know, if we if we don't concede any goals, then you can't lose games. So, you know, overall, pleased with that. And hopefully it'll, 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 it'll improve the squad. And, and by the sound of it, it was quite an attacking wing back, wasn't he? So, you know, hopefully continue to improve. Malone and, and Matt Namara and that, that will get us attacking in its own way. I suppose it's a good point there, isn't it, Mickey? You know, he's a defensive-minded coach. Obviously, we're trying to replace Cam Davidson. You're quite vocal about, you know, the void that Davidson left. Um, hopefully, Robertson can help fill that void. And again, it's a player what Rats played with before. He was captain on one of he's, his sides. He obviously trusts his people, doesn't he? he this is what I'm saying to you. And, and I reckon that, you know, if he was a captain, captain of Birmingham at the side, Rats was there, which weren't a bad team, He's obviously a good, you know, people person. And I think that's that's going to bring the the unity to the club. And I think that's what he wants. Um, you know, wrapping people around and all that lot. I, I I just I see it as another benefit to be fair. You know, I don't I don't know what it's like coaching skills wise, but I think Rout would have brought him in for a reason. Um I don't think he just brings people along for the for the free ride, but um again, I I, I think what we missed with Callum was that man management side of the business where he brought Pierce back for that side of it. And I think that now you've got um, Paul Robinson, I think that's potentially to fill that role as well as, as Pierce. Uh, and you've got two people looking after the players, players can talk to them and all that. Look, Cause you know, it's like when we did the, when we did the show, a previous show where we talked to um, our Paul Robinson and, um, David Ford, etc., Alan Dunn about the family in the book, the family, they were talking then that, you know, you, you couldn't really go see Kenny. You always went and saw his number two, any problems and anything else you'll go see his number two. Um, and, and maybe that's where, you know, you, you can't play that. You can't be the best of everything when you're a manager at a football club, you've got to have that distance between you and, and your players um, and you need the other person who, who, you know, makes the phone call and says, look, really sorry you didn't get picked, lad, but don't worry, there's always next week and, and bump them up. You can't really do that as a manager. So, again, I think I think the club's shown real intent. Um, it's very unusual for us to have a whole podcast with no negativity towards Millwall in, in any shape or form, but I don't see any reason why why we can be any negative. I think it's great signings. Um, I think it's been, you know, good news there. Um I think the only negativity has got is our, our our social media team at Millwall seems to be a twelve year old boy's got hold of the account wanting likes and tweets and you know Harry Kane was made here and, and all that sort of shit when England England won the other day but <laughs> it is what it is but that's look if that's the only negative we've got mate then you know what we're doing something right and good luck to you know Steve JB etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, these are some some good good signings and, and a massive sign of intent for us. Something what we probably haven't seen and Kai, you probably haven't seen in your lifetime for being a Millwall fan. This is close season show number six. And like, I've been buzzing for the last six weeks. I think last week was a test of my patience thinking more is potentially going to leave us, but yeah. I'll eat humble pie now. I think um, I'm, I'm so buzzing and we'll get on to part three later on where we talk about a little announcement that Boris made today, on, which is Monday. And um, yeah, hopefully this is going to be a season that we all remember for the right reasons and who knows what can happen. Who bloody knows? Just a quick couple of things to wrap up there. I mean, uh, another post from the club this week, um, some promising news. Five young players signed the uh, professional contracts. Uh, Jordan Gilmore, goalkeeper, Arthur Penny, defender, midfielder Alfie Allen and attackers Nana Boateng and Tyree Briscoe all signed professional contracts. So congratulations to them. Uh, I think you've done a bit before. You mentioned before Nana Boateng, Kai. I might be mistaken. I think you've seen a bit of it before. Yeah, yeah, there was a uh, a person that used to get on the lives, didn't he? Remember, he was uh, yeah, he was yeah. very, really, really knowledgeable about the young the young lads. So that was that he was always interested. And he 
you know, put a little bit about him. But I've, I have seen a bit of Nana Boating. He's really quick and, and direct. He's a really good player, actually. And it'd be interesting to see whether we can hopefully bring him in. And I think that's a really positive one, considering Abdul Malik is, is you know, potentially going now, whether, yeah. whether he's going or not. So I think it's the club are sort of thinking we need to get these players tied down. He's a really good player. So I'm, I'm pleased to see him stay. Absolutely. Sounds very Cherno, doesn't it, over Malik? Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going on there, to be honest. I think once we do know, I'm sure we'll have our opinion to weigh in on it. But obviously, we're going to be on trial with Portsmouth, isn't he? So, yeah, I mean, I think that tells a story, hasn't it, I suppose, there in that case, and especially as the club off from your contract. Can we stop calling Portsmouth Portsmouth? Can we just, from this moment on, just call them the Millwall South Coast Eleven? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They seem to have all our ex-players and want some of our players. So I think from this moment on, we no longer call them Portsmouth. We just call them the Millwall South Coast Eleven. Yeah, I think Wimbledon at one point were trying to take that from us when Jimmy Abdu went there and Paul Robinson. Um, but yeah, I think Fordy obviously was there a couple of years ago as well at Portsmouth and Robbo as well at one point. So yeah, yeah. definitely. And there Kelly is a Jackie. bit of and Kelly Jacket. John Marquis up front as well, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> now it's funny from Williams. Yeah, so there's a team <laughs> forming there. So um, there's a Millwall Hart in that Portsmouth 11. So, um, and obviously one more quick shout. Uh, Hayden Muller completed his low move to go up to St. Johnston. Uh, also link up with Callum Davison, who we spoke about just briefly there as well. I mean, I'm interested about this one. I mean, Kai, I think, you know, we both said, obviously, Molino, we were hoping high hopes for him. But, you know, if he's playing in the Scottish Premier League, a team that won the Cup last year, and if he gets game time there, it could be a Danny McNamara strike too there, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's really good. I think, you know, with with Ballard coming in, the last thing you wanted to see him do was was sit on the bench and, and struggle for game time. So I think it's really good to see him move out. And and because uh, to be honest, I would have loved to see him play, but... You know, if the next best thing is loan, loan football, and they're also in the uh, the Europa League, aren't they, uh, mm-hmm. St. Johnson this year? So that'll be really exciting for him as well. With fans coming back as well, it'd be great to see him link up with Davidson, and hopefully, it'd be another Matt Amara story there. Absolutely, it could be just making of him, Mickey, as well, isn't it? You know, going up north, sitting in Scotland, you can either sink or swim. I know. Um, do you know what? This is why I credit Tanto or Alafe quite a lot because he went there, started last season, got not back, went to Sutton and banged the goals in for them, and I think. I put a lot of value in that, but also, you know, Matt Namara going there and be a success. This could just be the making of Muller to really kind of firm him up to be a future mill defender. Young kid away from home, mm-hmm. new town, new club, new teammates. And um, I think it'll be, you know, I think Captain will look after him. I think it's a great move for him. And, and hopefully, in a, in, you know, in a season or two, he'll be, he'll be hitting Millwall full strength and, uh, and we'll have one class player starting to establish himself within our team. Everything crossed for you, Hayden. I mean, we might put this online, yeah, yeah. so hopefully it works out for him and hopefully he comes back and becomes a force to reckon with at the Den. I'm just going to end this part on um, my prospects of a, a start 11 for next season, chaps. Barting goal, back three of Ballard, Hutchinson and Cooper. Matt Lamar, right wing back, left wing back of Scott Malone. I'm going to put Savile and I'm also going to chuck in Ryan Lennon midfield. I could have Evans. I could have Mitchell. Could have Keith and Beld. Could even throw Thompson in there if he sticks around. And then I'm going to say Mason Bennett and Jeb Wallace leave a flag with a phobia up front. I mean, Kai, come on. That gets you excited, doesn't it? Absolutely, yes. Uh, That's really good. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough. But my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m. I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but... Old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. News that, and it'd be great to see Leonard back as well. Uh, that'll be like a bit of a new signing for us, won't it, considering he's been out for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, re- I'm really pleased that that's a really exciting team. And, and it's, you know, it, it just shows what, what routes built at this club, because when he first came, you know, the team was, was nothing like that. And, and, and now it's starting to look, starting to take shape. And, and I think it's the best chance we've had in a couple of years of, well, many years of, of finally making the Premier League. So fingers crossed this year's our year. Oh, Mickey. It's, well, the thing that gets me is that obviously with the five substitution rule as well, which, you know, we'll probably still be in. 
realistically, we've still got players on the bench, mate, who could come in and just, you know, carry on doing that. It, it, look, it's too early to get overexcited, but fuck me, what an exciting season we're coming into. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's one of those where, you know, the writing's on the wall. If they want it, destiny is in, in their hands. If they want it, then I don't see why they can't go get it because there's no one no one in the championship this year, I think, who, who really threatens us or is scary. Um, I think it's game on and fingers crossed. Well, that wraps up part one and um, we're going to go into part two. And if you listened to the last few weeks, you already know what we're about to talk about. And I'm giving you, give you a clue, three words, it's coming home. home guys england are in the euro 2021 or 2020 whichever way you want to legally look at it uh semi-final we're playing denmark on wednesday night chaps beat ukraine four nil on saturday in the quarterfinal not been been done since 1962 in a tournament 66 even yeah i was thinking 1962 even mickey's a real stato there or he's made a blooper there but i mean no no 66 sorry uh 66 (laughs) when we beat well, we beat Germany at Wembley 4-2. So, you know, I, I think, again, the writing's on the wall. When you've been looking at the way these Euros have been going, teams, what you thought were, fuck, I don't really want to play them, are going out. You're now looking at what's left. It's now Denmark and then potentially Spain or Italy. And I don't think there's any team there what really looking at we're coming on fire at the right point. Again, I don't think there's any team left in what scares us. They're all beatable. I love it. And this is it. Like, I think, you know, I feel like Wednesday's a banana skin. I thought the same about Saturday, but, you know, Kai, we just got to have confidence in this team. You know, it was a banana skin, yes, but three minutes in, Harry Kane bags 1 0. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Like, what's going on, mate? <laughs> I know, mate. It's absolutely crazy. And then this time next week, when we're sat here doing it again, it could have come home by this time. You know, it could be, it could, we could have won the final. I don't even want to think what yeah. state I'll be in on Monday evening next week if we're <laughs> recording. So I don't even want to consider the thought process going through my head of what kind of state I'll be left in, especially if we do get there. It's yeah. coming home. It's coming home, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm confident. Love it. I mean, obviously, you know, two goals from Kane. Kane's on three goals now for the tournament. Maguire chipping in and Henderson chipping in with two headers there. I mean, whether we even begin to try and recap that game. I mean, Kane scoring Luke twice Shaw. is ideal. Luke Shaw. You, Luke Shaw is where you cap it in. I mean, you, you watch those games in, you know, what four games, five games we played, four games, whatever, five games now in it we played. Luke Shaw has been getting better and better every game. And mm-hmm. to think that, Mourinho told him, he, he, you know, he don't understand football. He's, he's not a football player and all this sort of shit. And then he starts putting balls in, in exactly the right place where players need them. And they were pinpoint. Um, you know, that, those two goals were there for him and he puts them in and they get finished. And it just shows the point, what we've been saying all the way through the games. You put service in for Kane, Kane will score them. Don't worry about that. And I mean, that, that shot that if that shot had gone in, what you know on the first touch, that would have been the goal of the of the tournament, hands yeah. down. Left foot body, wasn't it? Edge of the box, coming straight at him from a rebound. That would have completed the hat trick as well. I mean, cool. Like imagine that. That would have been absolute pandemonium. It just, there, wouldn't it? just shows his confidence is there now. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was interesting watching. I don't know how much of it you watched, but watch the um, when we watched the uh, the England game through Ukraine the other night and then afterwards and um and Gary was speaking to um Shearer and saying mm-hmm. to him, you know, what's it like? And he said it's horrible. He said you can't sleep, you feel shit. He said you just everything about you is horrible when you can't score a goal. He said you're trying everything. You're hoping that it'll come off your ass, your head, whatever it does to get in a goal to get you on that on that journey. And, you know, as he said, you know, once Kane started you know, I think it was something like 346 minutes of, of international gameplay. He hadn't scored. And then, fuck me, it was nine minutes, he's, you know, before he last scored. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in nine minutes or whatever, he scores two goals. So, yeah, no, I think everything's starting to gel. Um, Sterling is proving all these critics wrong, uh, which is great. But I don't think I don't think there's a bad player at the moment in the England team. And now the fact that he's got all 26 he can choose from... Um, and, and, you know, us as well, every game we've been slating Southgate going, what the fuck's he doing? Why has he picked him over there? Why are he doing this? Why are he doing that? But you know what? He's probably the first English management 
probably in my lifetime, but he hasn't picked the superstars. He's picked the people he knows can do the job and plays them. And we we question it, but they play for him. It's the unity. I mean, that's the one thing, like, as much as we might say tactically this, tactically that, I've always said it, like, you know, every player there has had their ups and downs in football and been knocked back before. But, you know, he, he's chose a team with complete unity. And I think the best thing for me after the game on Saturday was straight away in the press conference, he's bigging up the likes of Ben Chilwell, Connor Cody, players that aren't going to probably get a minute played in this tournament, Kai. But the first thing he's saying is, you know, it's a team game and the unity that we've got, you know, and even Sancho coming in the other day as well, you know, brave to pick him. But, you know, he's showing that he trusts every player in that squad. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's what's so good about this England squad, the, the, the unity, as you were just saying. And, and the simple things as well, when you're watching it, you can just see a massive difference. Like, I remember watching England a couple of years ago and, they didn't. Or they almost. They were almost more interested in club football. They they pull out for injury, and they you know they you know and then they you'd see them starting a week later for for their clubs, and you think, well, were you actually injured, or did you just want to be a, play for your club? But you know, just simple things like all of them singing the national anthem with you know, and they know all the words, and just simple things like that. Southgate's taught them stuff like that. I think I saw something the other day that he, he made them all learn the national anthem off by heart or something, and that just shows real. Um, patriotism for the for the country and, and it just shows that they really want to do well which is really positive and that's probably the first time in my lifetime that I've seen the England team that want to do so well and and are you know they look destined fingers crossed to do it and yeah they then they, they've got a chance to make history now my reservations all along were not necessarily getting to this stage it was can we then you know we've got a big game coming against Denmark who are you know playing for more than just the football at this stage I feel like Mickey with obviously what happened in the first game Christian Eriksen but my question was is can we get to this stage when it's it comes down to the football can we get over the line and Saturday was just superb but I really do believe that it's made for us now to hopefully get to that final against Italy or Spain on Sunday yeah I'd rather Italy in the final I think it'd be a much better that was my next question game. it would <laughs> be it would be a much 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 tougher game um, because Italy are uh, uh, an Italy of old to play against. And I think that if you're going to win this tournament, then you need to win it by being the best team there. And I just don't think Spain so far has been the best team at the last three, what here apart from us, you know, four clean sheets. Um, but I think Italy are by far the most worrying, but the best team, I think, you know, apart from us in the tournament. And I would... I would love to see them at the final. That's interesting. I love it that you want to take on the best team, but I'd want Spain. I think Spain for me have been um, a bit up and down, a bit inconsistent. And I think they're missing that striker to Spain the goals in for them. Whereas I look at uh, Italy and Insigne and, you know, I'm thinking, cool, like these are strikers here that can really hurt you if they're put for on goal. But then again, I thought the same about Germany with Müller and we all know what happened last Wednesday when Müller was put for on goal. So who would you rather have on Sunday, Kai, if we get there obviously caveat there if we get there see I'm the same with you Omar I think I'd like I'd much prefer Spain I think it's you know it's it's better to I just want to win the thing so I don't really mind how how we win it I just want to win it and I I, I totally agree with how, how Mickey's going on you know he wants to be the the, the best side and that that makes makes sense to be honest because you know if you beat them it, may, it makes you even look even even better doesn't it but and but I just I think taking on the, the weaker team will be will be the better better, better hope think about beat, beating Italy going into the World Cup next year, beating probably the best team in the world, um, are fucking superb. And I mean, going into the World Cup on the back of winning, if we win this, then, you know what? I don't think there's any fear. I think we stand a good chance of potentially grabbing that as well. And a bit on um, Denmark, obviously, then, Kai, you know, obviously, like I said there, you know, Christian Eriksen, they're on a roll and there is more to it than just the football here for Denmark, isn't it? You know, they, I think on on Saturday against Czech Republic, you know, they're racing to a two-goal lead and it just looks a bit formidable to kind of play against and they're not going to be any mean slouches on Wednesday, are they? No, and, and if you look at the way they went into that last game of the group game, I think they were on zero points, weren't they? They only just qualified and that shows the how you know it wasn't easy to get there but but now they're there they're taking their opportunity and they're, they're doing it really well i mean that their win against Czech Republic was fantastic and the way you know when that when chick scored the uh for the first goal that republic Czech republic's only goal you feel like Czech republic would potentially get back into the match but they, they dealt with it so well and i was really impressed with denmark they're going to be tough they've got um hoiberg in in front of the the um in front of the defense so obviously he's hard tackling and he, he'll want to you know he knows kane so he'll he'll try and you know push back onto Kane and try and 
and try and stop him. But yeah, it's going to be a really tough game. But in terms of quality wise, we have more quality than them. It's just Absolutely. whether we can just whether we can break them down. I think Dolberg is um, up front, obviously scored a couple of goals. Yeah. Do worry about him. He's obviously been a young prospect for many years and, you know, he's on the stage now to kind of grab it. But I do think, I agree with you there. And I think it's, I feel like it's a game made for Grealish. She's not played the last couple. Obviously, he's come off the bench against Germany, made two goals. Well, sure, made the first goal, but, you know, Grealish was involved. I do think it's made for us and I hope we do go and do it. Mickey, give me your prediction for England v Denmark on Wednesday. I'm going to go for another three or four nil, I think. Love it. Keep another clean sheet, yeah? No yeah, goals conceded up to the final. Yeah. I love, I'm for it. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kane score a couple? I reckon Kane will score two, Sterling score, and I reckon Grealish will score. Four so, nil England. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go four, four nil again. Maybe, actually, do you know what? I reckon I reckon Rice might get one, so I'm going to go five nil. Fuck it. <laughs> I'll have a cold oh, slush that. puppy whilst you're at it, please, mate. That, that, that's, whoever that is in that, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm for it. I think myself, I think another clean sheet as well. I'm going to say 2-0. I think it's going to be a bit more testing than Ukraine. I think we'll have to be at our best, but I do think we'll get another early goal. I, I thought it would be 2-0 Saturday and I thought Kane would score twice. I was almost there, just a couple more goals off it. But um, I do think we'll do it and do the business comfortably as well, hopefully. Kai? Uh, I'm going to go 3-0. Uh, I'm going to go Kane double. And I'm going to go with Mason Mount to get one. Uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think he'll start. Um, but it's, it's so interesting about Kane, isn't it? Because this time last week he hadn't scored and, and now he's, you know, if he gets a couple more, he could win the golden boot for the tournament. So it just shows you how quickly fortunes can change and we're, we're peaking at the right time, which is, which is really good news. 25 to 1 he was to get the golden boot before Saturday and now I think he's the odds are slashed completely. So it just shows the show. He never brought out Harry Kane. Yeah, crazy. Mad, I, might put, I might put a fiver on England 5-0 with Kane to score too. See what odds I can get. Oh, blimey. I mean, oh. hey, let, let us know and be sure to post a tweet online for it. I mean, I can't ask you about the other semi-final traps. I mean, Italy versus Spain. I've said I want Spain to get through, but I don't think they will. I think it'll be Italy to be shrewdly winning it. I think they'll win it 2-1. Um, I think, you know, the, the know-how they had against Belgium, I think it'll show through again and I think they might just have too much for Spain. Uh, Kai, prediction for Italy versus Spain? I think it'll be one new Italy. I think they'll win it in extra time. Nice. Mickey? Yeah, I think Italy will win. Um, and I hope that it goes to extra time and I hope it goes penalties and um, and they win on penalties. Just so the fact that they'll be knackered um, and uh, I hope they get a few yellow cards and uh, and a few really hard tackles and, and then going into Sunday will be fantastic for us. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, I think England had a few bookings to worry about, but I think for the semi-finals they get wiped off. So I don't think Italy have anyone missing, but I think um, you know, for us, fortunately, all the players are available, like we said, and it's coming home, lads. It's coming home. Right, that's the end of part two. We'll go on to part three, and uh, we'll be back in a second with a bit of a general slash misc update for you guys. And welcome back to the final part of the show. Lads, I'm just going to go straight to it. Boris Johnson made a statement today confirming that COVID restrictions are lifted completely for entertainment and general hospitality purposes. No more social distancing. Everything's scrapped and confirming also football stadiums can have full capacity from the 19th of July. Mickey, mate, football's coming home for England, but it's truly coming home next month when we can go back to the den. Yeah, I think, you know, we've got to just be a bit careful that it's not all smoke and mirrors that, you know, Boris hasn't cleared it all and then... You know the um, the safety committees and the fucking local authorities don't fuck us over, um, but yeah, at the moment it looks like football is coming home to everywhere. And to be fair though, realistically, he couldn't not announce this when he's putting sixty thousand fans in Wembley on Wednesday uh, and sixty, you know, potentially sixty or more. I can see them allowing Wembley to go full capacity. If England get to the final, I can see them allowing England. Um, and go, you know, full capacity at Wembley um, because they want to make sure that they're going to win this. So they want to go full capacity. Um, so I can see them them going there on Sunday. But he couldn't have he couldn't have his tournament without going full capacity afterwards. So um, yeah, it's good. It, it, it's fantastic news. I think it's just you know common sense has has prevailed. Um, Millwall definitely needs the money. Um, and it'll be good to be able to walk up to the ticket office and buy a ticket for those, you know, that that's the way we buy our tickets. It's great. I just hope that we're allowed to have away fans 
um, and that we can go to away games as well. So uh, fingers crossed, it's looking good. Um, proof's in the pudding, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's all looking good. I've been blindly hopeful for a lot of this when we've done the past five, six shows now for the close season. I've always been just kind of holding on to that hope it's going to happen. And I feel like this is the closure. I agree with you. I'm not 100% convinced just yet. But, I mean, I can confirm that I feel like we should be able to travel because when you go to these England games like I've been going to and you go up London, it's full of Northerners travelling from all here, there and everywhere. So if they're travelling down to London for the game at Wembley and they're allowed to do it, I don't see why we can't travel to an away game up north. Um, and obviously a London derby, hopefully to come as well, Kai, on the first game of the season. Yeah, and, and more, more, um, more, to the, like, more, more closely to them that is uh, is Gillingham. I'd like, I really hope we can go to that game on the twenty seventh. Is it uh, pre season? It'd be great to to go go and see what because in them sort of game we, we you'll start to see more of a, a proper eleven, won't you? That that you you're hoping to start the season with. So it'd be really nice if we can get to to the Gillingham game because that's always quite a, a good pre season friendly. So yeah, really looking forward to that one and, and can't wait to go back to the den and back to away games. That's it. I think um, I've missed it a lot. We've all missed it, of course. But just a thought. I mean, I can't describe. I mean, I think I put it into the voice note. Maybe I put last Wednesday. I, I can't remember actually what I said to be honest with you in the show when I finished. I've got the game on Tuesday. But just for me and feeling back, looking back on the England Germany game. Not only obviously being there for England Germany, but just being in a crowd where you know you can celebrate it and not have to worry about social distancing. Just you know, rightly or wrongly, to some people. But for me, being there at the game. And just grabbing the first person I saw when England scored the first goal and same with the second goal and the same with Muller's miss, to be honest, just celebrating like, you know, just like the old times before COVID was around. And, you know, it just feels significant step, Mickey, that, you know, it's almost back to the football we know it as. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it, I think, I think the thing is as well, where the writing was on the wall was when it was coming out that there was about 600 potentially Scottish fans who, who lied over their testing to get to Wembley. And, you know, they suddenly dawned on them that there's no way they're going to be able to guarantee that people are submitting their correct tests or anything else. Uh, you know, people, you know, if people want to get to a game, they get their mate to do the test and, and you know, to make sure that it is negative. There you go. Send it in. Job done. They're, they're, you know, and and that's the problem there with everything what they want to do the vaccine, you know, the passports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People will find a way around it. So it's just easier to go, you know what, we're all grown-ups, use your common sense. You know, masks will be thing. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You know what, partly certain places, I think I'll probably still wear a mask, to be fair, because there's dirty fuckers out there, not just the COVID, but everything else. So, you know, it is what it is. But, no, nah, I think there's nothing better than standing in a football stadium when it's pissing down with rain or when it's thingy, mate. And like you said, you're jumping around like a lunatic, grabbing all the people you've never seen before in your life, falling down, you know, falling across seats, falling down there, and just literally behaving like a lunatic for an hour and a half um, and just losing yourself. It just gets rid of all this madness. You know, we, we've we've stuck by the rules long enough, and I think that realistically we ain't going to stick by the rules if it carries on any longer purely because I think enough's getting to enough. Um and, you know, if England win on Wednesday, I think central London is going to erupt. Uh, <laughs> and as long as um, the dirty fuckers, uh, which is the police football unit, don't uh, just go out and start rounding up uh, England fans, it, you know, I mean, Scotland fans in there, there's loads of footage of them throwing beer over the coppers, everything else. Absolutely fine. England fans do it. They start nicking us. And if you've seen the footage of that copper who nicked the football when they were playing football in Leicester Square. And it, it was like the teacher in the playground who was like, you won't play with a ball. It was like a this ball and march through the crowd like this. And you just think, mate, do you know what? Um, you know, I understand police have got to do the job, but the fo football unit are, uh, are people who are just, I don't think they can get another job in their life. That's why they do football policing units. So, uh, yeah. I even I even do miss the aggro of an away game. You know, going up north, dealing with local police, Yorkshire police, Manchester police, you name it. I do miss all sort of aggro that comes with following me all. And I just, I just, you know, I can't wait for the first game where I'm coming back after going up north, seeing me all get turned over 4-0, coming down on that to come down where you don't have any more beer in your system. You're like, this is shit. 
get back to London and your mate goes, should go for another one. I'm like, come on, let's go for another pint then. And just, you know, nightcap the day off and just, you know, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. And it's, it's almost there. I, I forgot where it's like, to be honest with you, at this point. The England game is a good little warm up for me, but I, should, I hope August just proves to be the month we all want it to be. And hopefully we can go to Blackpool in uh, sunny January as well, chaps. Yeah, mate. <laughs> and hopefully Bavarsen ain't been sold and then you're going for a swim. I think he's been linked away with the club for a reason, mate. Yeah, he's, he's been, going. He's, he's, he's been gone. linked. He's been it's linked. happening. Surely. But there was that thing on on news at Den, I think today, or, or South London, where you know Gary's a bit wary that certain players might not be able to get. You know, they won't get a percentage of salaries and all that. Yeah. Lot. And hopefully, but Varson's on shitloads of money. He can't go, and then you're going in the drink. Come, uh, come Blackpool away. I'll be honest with you, if he's still, I'll go on the limb to say, not only is he going to go, but if he doesn't go by the end of August, I think we'll rip his contract up and pay him off because I don't think he's going to stick around here anymore. And I don't think Ray wants him in the squad either. I'll, I'll say it. Can't say it. Did you, did, did you see uh, the thing the other day on Instagram of, of him? He's, he doesn't even look like he's back up pre-season. He, the other day, when you, if you look on his Instagram, he put a story, like a little story on Instagram and he uh, he was in Iceland still. So Yeah, and also... And also, he's uh, I think uh, Benefobi's got his shirt number. So I mean, you know, I mean, unless he's been given the number nine shirt, I mean, who knows? But you know, number twenty three is uh, taking my Benefobi. So I think it's uh, I think it's the right on the rule personally. But we'll have to wait and see. I think Mickey, before we round up, I just put this, I put in here on my show notes because obviously I saw you a little bit active on Twitter the other day. Um, I put in here about the spell Mr. shirts Gaping. by Limited uh, Retro. I mean, I want to kind of unleash Mickey Simpson for a couple of minutes before we close off, just for Look, Mickey Simpson. I think, I think the worst, uh, right? The worst thing is what's happened is, first, Mickey. What's happened? Well, basically, there there was a company called Limited Retro or Limited Reese or something else, whatever it's called. Right? There's a there's a company that's working with Spall. Spall basically a few years ago went bust, and there's a a clothing manufacturer in Bradford. Uh, with a, a good fella there called Raj, uh, I looked to buy, I looked to make uh, the, which again, I don't think it's that public knowledge. So it'll be public knowledge now. I looked to, when we won the CP, when we won the CPO battle, I looked to um, make the 88, 89 um, first division shirt to get that remade. Uh, I wanted to sell it to raise money for um, local charities. So Mill Trust, uh, and a few other kids, local charities. I wanted to get the shirt, sell it, make money for these charities. Um, it was, I had Spall's agreement. Spall was ready to go. The only downside was that Spall said, look, you need to get the club's authorization for us to be able to use the badge and obviously use the Lewisham logo. So I went to the club and said, look, this is what I want to do. I don't want to make any money out of it. I want to make it purely for charity, but to celebrate what we've achieved. Um, the club was more than keen to do it. It was just, unfortunately, contracts, what they were involved in, wouldn't allow them to have a shirt with their name on it. So I understood that and I said, OK, fine. On the pretense that at some point going forward, when they could do it, they would bring out these shirts. Uh, and as far as I believe, that's what they're going to do. You obviously uh, had, uh, had Dan try to do it. He was then blocked by the club because of copyright issues and everything else over the fact that they they copyright trademarked the name Millwall. You can't bring out a shirt without, you know, without one. If, if they want to stop you, they can. They've got the power to stop you. So Dan of TV Lions fame, he, he come unstuck. Um, I think he put a statement out going, oh, you know, the club wanted to do it. I let them do it. No, you got told to stop. Um, same as, you know, same as uh, Limited Retro got told to stop. Uh, whichever way you want to spin it, you didn't have permission and the club forced you to stop. Difference with limited retro is that they took um, X amount of orders. I don't know how many orders they took. I'm not privy to that. We don't know. But they took X amount of orders. What we do know is that a few people have been refunded, but there's about five odd Millwall fans who haven't had their money. And they were sent a note at the beginning of May saying all money will be refunded or the end of May, all money will be refunded. Um, and the money still hasn't been refunded. So me and Phil Clark um, have been on his case constantly. Um, you know, he's been blaming and it's Spotify. Phil's given him an education on how Spotify refunds work. And all of a sudden he's now DMing people telling them that the money's coming. But, you know, any, any little businesses out there, or want to try and do stuff with Millwall fans. If if 
if you don't play by the book or you want to try and hide, then we will come after you until you pay the money back. It's as simple as that. Millwall fans are the worst people in the world to try and rip off um, because amongst the Millwall fan base, there are some very, very, very clever people. Um, and we can find information. We can do whatever we need to do. But you don't rip Millwall fans off. It's as simple as that. These people gave you their hard, hard-earned cash um, for a shirt, what they really, really wanted. And, and don't get me wrong, these shirts are as if they come off the shelf in 1988. These will be exactly the same shirts. They're not replicas. They're not anything. These will come out the same blueprints, the same presses, the same templates, everything as if they walked off the shelf in 1988, 89 when we, when we won the league. They are 100% original press shirts as such, but just made now. Um, so they're going to be great shirts, but just be careful of sometimes people offering you stuff what necessarily don't. I don't know other companies what, what do those shirts and they've turned up, but these ones had to cancel the order and, and unfortunately the refunds weren't there. I'm not saying there's any gold duggery going on, um, but the refunds were definitely not fast on coming. And as soon as the, the last man gets his, his refund and it's all over with, then you know what our, our beef um, with limited retro stops there and then. Uh, but until that day, then we keep asking questions and we keep making sure that everything's sorted out and make sure that every last Millwall fan um, gets it. I think it's a Millwall motor in it. No one left behind and no one, no one stands alone. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, you pull the lion's tail, you're going to get burnt, you cunt. Well said, Mickey. I think I saw a few kind of cases of people getting blocked as well from uh, the, yeah, the account yeah, that yeah. they run as well. So it's not great, obviously. It doesn't look great for public image for them either. And like you said, mate, there are people you want to mess with as Mill fans when it comes to especially subjects like this. So, um, yeah, I think that's well said, mate. I think that's everything from me today, lads. Anything else you two want to plug before we go? I think that's it too, yeah. Mickey? Uh, congratulations to um, the... I can't think of his name now. Um, the guy from um, the Romans, um, the, who's now been um, taken on board as the ambassador for the Millwall Trust. Um, I can't think of his fucking name. I think that's really rude of me now. Bear with me one second. And I'll Whilst Mickey name. finds the name, I will um, continue to plug, If, like I said, I did at the start of the show. Be sure to check out our socials at that Mill Pod. We put a little rumour of Mill going every day and obviously any links to the club. Uh, same across all social media at that Mill Pod. And uh, obviously give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed the show. Some feedback's always appreciated. Any good and bad, to be honest. And uh, yeah, Mickey, got a name? Yeah, his name's Paul Loden. Paul Loden. Yeah, L-O-D-I-N-G, Loden. That's what I'm saying. Congrats to Paul Loden from Mill being the ambassador for the Millwall Trust. So, uh, yeah, other than that, I think that's pretty much us done. Uh, one thing before we go, you know, on Thursday, on Wednesday when we play, that's the mm-hmm. four uh, when we play England, England play Denmark, that's the four-year anniversary for um, old Bradders. Remember the Sunderland fan who, yeah. um, who, who sadly Bloody passed? Lowry, the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh. the four-year anniversary since he passed. So um, if there ever is an omen, Hopefully we do the business then. And Just hopefully the FA should invite his family to Wembley to to sit there and go do, but no doubt the FA won't do that because they're a cock of shit. They'll need a, a fan on the boards going by the name of Mickey Simpson to spot this little thing, mate. <laughs> you imagine me, you imagine me on the FA board as fucking the favourite with fucking hell, mate. <laughs> Raw box for all, I think. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be handy. Give, presenting the trophy over for the final on Sunday as well. So, yeah, I'd expect anything, nothing but that. But, uh, yeah, we ran our course here as always, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday with another show. Thank you very much.
Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.